you have to be your biggest fan. And when things are really tough and they're really rough and nothing's working, but there's something inside of you that says, no, just have to follow that because you don't know who you're going to meet. Podcasting from the Bluegrass State in the city of Frankfurt, you are now tuned in to Conversations with the Dean. Welcome to Conversations with the Dean, a place where every conversation tells a different story. Roundtable discussions, interviews with insight from voices within our community. So please make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all streaming platforms. And I'm your Dean of Reference, your host, Malik Shamsuddin. On the show today, we have former Kentucky State football standout, owner and head trainer of Prototype Athletics out of Frankfort, Kentucky, and recent inductee into the Franklin County Football Hall of Fame, Mr. Gordon Miles. What's up, Malik? What's going on, man? How you doing, man? I'm good. You know, it's always uh, great to be in the presence of greatness. Well, well, I, t- I tell you what, man, um, when I sat down with the idea of doing something other than basketball and talking to different individuals outside of basketball, just about personal and career I said man we've done so much together it would be I would be remiss not to bring Mr. Gordon Miles on for the first episode of course right (laughs) they probably getting tired of hearing me at this point well I I think from from that perspective your story hasn't really been told in regards to um, me and you sitting down yeah that's true you know yeah this is different from what we normally do we're usually in in collaboration training or videos or whatnot trying to help the youth but this time around we're gonna sit down and see what took you on that path that you're on right now yes sir so tell me a little bit about growing up in frankfurt kentucky uh man growing up in frankfurt a small town everybody knows everybody uh you know um just it's a regular kentucky lifestyle man all we had was sports family you know, so we stuck close to that. What was your um what is your first memory of getting into youth sports in Frankfurt? Uh my very first memory would have to be little league soccer. I think everybody who really? plays sports uh in Frankfurt can attest to that. It's the first thing you're old enough to do. Uh, you know, is it's chaos and and you, you got to love every moment of it as a player and a parent and a coach. You know, my, uh, my mom always been my biggest fan. Even from back then, I can remember her screaming from the sideline, telling me what to do. You know what I'm saying? So right. it, that was my first memory. So so you played soccer uh, just one or two years or did, did you play soccer any any at any length? Other than, you know, when you first started? Uh, I actually played up until fifth grade. Really? When, when, it, when it became a conflict between football and soccer, I had to pick one, I felt like. So I rolled with the football. But, you know, I I, I still got a little footwork. <laughs> I still got a little footwork. Right. <laughs> so so speaking of football, um, tell us a little bit about your experience in regards to the youth football um, when you were growing up. Uh, when I was growing up, uh, everybody played in the FYFL. That was the Frankfurt Youth Football League. Uh, man, it was competitive. Uh, <laughs> they put us in uh, 
you know, the east side, west side, south side scenario real early. You know right. what I'm saying? That's probably my first uh, real understanding of the division in Frankfort, Kentucky. Mm. Uh, played uh, on the Rams. Uh, my first year, we were the second best team in the league. I played quarterback. Uh Played play with my glasses on the whole youth league. This was before my before contacts, before all of that stuff. Uh, I think we came in second, lost to the Jets, a bunch of good good guys on that team uh, that I still know to this day. Right. Uh, so, so it was a local league, man. The second year, I think we went undefeated, unscored on. Uh, we had a real good team, a uh, bunch of guys that I ended up playing high school ball with on that team. So. We all grew up together. Like I said, they separated us early. <laughs> right. So, so how did you transition from? Did you play um, football in middle school? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, now, how were y'all in middle school at that time? Uh, middle school, we were one of the better teams in the state. Uh, my seventh grade year, we went undefeated. Uh, that year, actually, we won a state base baseball championship. Went undefeated in basketball, and also went undefeated in football. Um, of course, we didn't play everybody in the state back then. Mm. It was it was it was uh, other than baseball. Baseball, we played everybody, but uh, we won all those local championships. You know what I'm saying? Uh, ran through our division. Uh, had a good time, man. When we when we played with our age group, the guys that I grew up with, we usually won. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now I, I know recently. Um, let me say congratulations on being announced to one of the newest members of the Hall of Fame. Appreciate it. Um. What what? Tell me a little bit about that high school career because you know to to receive that honor, it was something special that went on. Yeah, uh, it was rough at first. Uh, when I first got there, uh, they had graduated a class of twenty two seniors, one of the best classes to come through Franklin County ever. Uh, Ronnie Robinson, uh, uh, the Hooks twins, uh, Will Crumbo, Raphael Quincy. Uh, I'm sorry, Raphael wasn't in that group. But uh, it, it was a bunch of bunch of good guys. Max Comley. Uh, so when we came in, they had four seniors. Mm. Uh, we had, a, like I said, our, our class was good. We had a bunch of good football players in our class. But uh, it was on us to, you know, kind of rebuild the system. So early on, we struggled. Uh, and we just got better and better as, as the years went on. So by my junior year, we had won the district. Uh, we had uh, uh, broken a lot of Russian records uh, as far as the school went. Had a three-headed monster myself, Justin White, Greg Anderson. Uh, in my, my senior year, uh, same thing. Uh, ended up losing in the playoffs both years early. But uh, we, we had a good time, man. It was, uh, it was special. What, what would you say is the most memorable experience for you for your, from your high school career? Uh, it would definitely be the infamous uh, Montgomery County run that everybody talks about. Mm. Uh, we were down, I think, a touchdown. Game had went back and forth. Uh, the Montgomery County had uh, the Good Pasture brothers at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, they were uh, extremely good, ended up going on to play college football, I think all three of them. Uh, probably 20-something seconds left in the game. They throw me a sweep because our offense wasn't complicated at all. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't no trickery coming. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So uh, they threw me a sweep. I just decided that I was going to score. You know what I'm saying? Before the play even was called. Right. Uh, <clears throat> broke probably about – some people, they exaggerate. They say 13, 15 tackles. But 
you know, I broke about seven or eight good tackles, made a couple good moves, cut across the field. It was just an exciting moment with the clock running down. You know what I'm saying? So that would definitely be my 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 high point right there. Right. Yeah. Right. Now I know a lot of people know you from the your basketball program, Prototype Athletics, mm. um, and may have assumed that you played basketball in college, but you actually played football in college. Yeah, that's true, man. Uh, I had the opportunity to play basketball in college, but I was thinking at the time that if I was going to be a professional, that I was going to have to do something that my size would fit. So uh, me only being five, seven and a half, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And I put that half on there. I, I, I'm holding on to that half. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, I just I just figured, man, I had a better chance of uh, being a slot receiver or a DB other than being a five, seven point guard. So uh that's where that came into play man but i never lost my love for basketball i was always the guy that was hooping on campus with the basketball players uh winston bennett was the head coach at the time he was i almost got out there you mm. know what i'm saying yeah. i was right there knocking on the door and uh he ended up uh moving on to another job and when that happened i just went on you know what i'm saying I'm stick with this football thing right well and you didn't do too shabby of a job at your time at k-state you True. know um Tell us a little bit about that experience. Um, I fell into a great program, man. Uh, Coach Donald Wayne Smith, uh, Western Kentucky running back, uh, and Coach Cornell Burbage of the Dallas Cowboys, Bryan Station High School, Kentucky University. Uh, those guys believed in me uh, when nobody else did. Mm. Uh, at the time, I had gotten in some trouble coming out of high school, uh, lost a few scholarship offers, uh, just uh, wasn't living right at the time, man. So. Uh, after that, uh, it was only so many schools that were going to accept me and only so many options that I had. Uh, Kentucky State, uh, like I said, those coaches accepted me full heartedly. And uh, like I, I've got probably 50 letters the, that I save uh, that I save from my recruiting process. Uh, LSU, Tennessee, Arkansas, Louisville, all of those schools. And the one that I hold on most is that Kentucky State letter. I'm uh, probably going to end up getting that frame, putting it in my man cave, to be honest with you, because mm. it holds special to me, man. Like, <clears throat> those guys believed in me when nobody else did. I'm going to just be honest with you. Uh, you know, so I fell into a good situation. Uh, they ended up, well, there was the transition to the West Coast offense. Mm. Uh, at the time, uh, I played slot receiver, and I just kept getting better while I was there, man. I kept working out, uh, just grinded, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, by my junior year, I believe uh, it was my, uh, myself and uh, Jacoby. Uh, what is Jacoby's last name? I played in the NFL for the Baltimore Ravens, returned to kicks in the Super Bowl, uh, all of that. It was me and him head-to-head in the conference at all times mm. toward the leading receiver position. Uh, that pushed me, too. Uh, so, uh, you know, and like I said, man, the offense was was special and the offense was designed for our slot receivers. So all the guys that I played with, uh, Jeremy Douglas, Derek Talbert, Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant is the brother of Antonio Bryant, uh, played for the Buccaneers and okay. a few teams in the NFL. Pitts, he played for Pitts, uh, University of Pittsburgh. Uh, we, we just, the offense was designed for us and we took advantage of it, man, while we were there. So, so let me ask you, um, what did you take from your Kentucky State career that kind of you've put into your life and your perspective today? Uh, I think that 
what I what I put in is that love for uh, community and that love for uh, the thing that you're that you're doing at the time. So when I'm with these kids, I'm showing them the same type of tough love that I got from Cornell Burbage, you know, and uh, Coach Donald Wayne Smith and those guys. Uh, even Coach Gary Moore, my high school basketball coach. That's what I attribute a lot of my basketball passion to uh, and a lot of the discipline in my life is to him. So uh, I'm just giving back to to the same type of love, tough love that they gave me. I'm making sure that those ki- these kids get that. Now, you were also able to, um, post-Kentucky State, play some pro or semi-pro football. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, played in the Arena League, uh, Arena 1 League, and the Arena 2 League, both uh, here locally for the Louisville Fire. Uh, man, had a, had a good career, uh, you know, just ended up that family was uh, needed to come first. So at a certain point, you know, certain age, it's, it's time to go and get a job and settle on down. That's, so r- that's, that's right. what happened with that. That's right. At, at what point? Um, after your playing career was over, did you come up with the idea for Prototype Athletics? Uh, it was as my kids got involved in sports, and especially my oldest daughter, um, as I saw the direction that she was headed. She was athletic, you know what I mean? She loved basketball, absolutely loved it. And uh, I just figured that who, you know, the stuff that I've learned, I would be cheating her if I didn't give her the knowledge that I gave her. So that's where it kind of started, and uh, it kind of grew into me wanting to give it to other kids. And you know what I'm saying? People adapting to me because they knew I had an athletic background. So I just kind of felt the love early when I started. So that's what made it continue. Tell us a little bit about Prototype Athletics and the mission of the business. Uh, Man, Prototype Athletics uh, is a company that I started uh, just out of – uh, just wanted to give back to the community they gave to me. Uh, what we did was put together uh, different programs for kids uh, that would help them physically, mentally, socially, everything. Uh, it started with uh, the Timmons twins, mm-hmm. Ryan Timmons and Raven Timmons. They're probably my first two clients, I would call. Mm-hmm. I, I was doing it for free for five years. Right. So even though I call them clients, I ain't never make a dollar off nobody. First five years, right. I was doing this thing. But uh, we showed up every morning, uh, 5 a.m. The mother was working at uh, the YMCA at the time, and I had a membership. Uh, me and Ryan would run routes. Me and Raven would get in there and do ball handling work, uh, dribbling, work on her shooting. Uh, and that kind of grew into a couple of kids who wanted to join us, and uh, it kind of spread like wildfire. Right. So what, what would you say um – has been your biggest hurdle or obstacle in regards to running a successful small business? Uh, I would say my own personal weaknesses. Uh, I'm kind of not the paperwork guy, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I am used to, uh, you know, other people aiding me in certain Mm. places. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, being an athlete, I'm sure you can attest. Like you don't, you don't have to do much a lot of times. As long as you show up, and as long as you go, you know, right? It, it it works like that at times. So I've experienced some of that in my life, and sometimes you know, saying it holds me back from uh, what I need to do at times. So I'll admit that it's, right. it's a little bit of my personal weaknesses. Right. And before we continue, a quick commercial break. 
is Coach Malik, Capital City Cyclones. Make sure you are checking out the Cyclones podcast, streaming on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Also, www.cyclonespodcast.podbean.com. Great interviews and insights from players and coaches. Capital City Cyclones, where skill development leaders. And we are back. Conversations with the Dean. And we have Gordon Miles, owner of Prototype Athletics, operating out of Frankfort, Kentucky with us. So, Gordon, not only are you the athletic trainer and mentor for the youth in our community, mm-hmm. but you're also a father of two very talented daughters yourself. Um, how would how do you feel that fatherhood has changed you as a person and your outlook on life? Man, if it, if it wasn't for my kids, there's no telling where I would be right now. Mm. I'm going to just be honest with you. Mm. Uh, as they were born, I grew with them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and you, like you said, uh, talented, talented, talented. I'm blessed. Uh, there's no, there's nothing I did. Uh, this, that's all God. You know what I mean? Uh, I can see that through my kids. Uh, my daughter has her first. Uh, my youngest daughter has her first middle school game Tuesday. Right. I'm, I'm more excited than she is. Right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I love my kids. Man. Right. I love my kids. Like I can't say it enough. Now, now when you say you know you wouldn't know where you would be, you know, without your kids, do you think your children gave you focus and gave you a direction? And we were talking about this um, prior to us coming on, in regards to if you don't have goals, you don't have direction. Mm-hmm. So, do you think that? Your children um, helped you, you know, stay on focus and stay on path? Uh, Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Like I said, uh, Brooklyn, my oldest daughter, was the reason why I got started in individual instruction, the reason I got started in coaching, the reason I got started in mentoring, uh, everything. You know what I'm saying? And my path continues to grow as they grow. You know what I'm saying? So, absolutely. Now, both of your daughters play sports. We just spoke about your youngest daughter, whose first game is on Tuesday, and you know we wishing her the best. <laughs> um, Brooklyn just recently signed to play for the Tennessee Lady Vols. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me what have you learned from her recruiting process that you can pass on to younger players looking to play college basketball, not just at the D1 level, mm-hmm. but any level? Uh, I've learned just the, the process as a whole. I've learned that you have to have your own individual path as a player, as a parent, uh, as a trainer involved. Everybody has a different path. And uh, you have to find, you really got to key in on uh, what your path needs to be. You need to do your research as far as who's who. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Not uh, talking to a parent, uh, one parent whose daughter plays for one team is not enough. Right. You got to actually get in there – do some research, talk to some uh, administrators, see who's won this or see whose uh, program is sending kids to, to places where you would like your daughter or son to go to school. So that would be my biggest thing, man, is you got to actually be an agent uh, to a certain extent. Not that you have to sell your kid, but you have to know what you're getting them into. Right. Yes, sir. What would you say was the most difficult proce- part of the process for you in Brooklyn? For me, it was not making it making basketball feel like a job for her mm. uh, through, let's see, very adolescent years from 
let's say sixth grade through ninth was probably the toughest time because they don't get a break. Right. Girls basketball in Kentucky is played during football season. Mm. So if you're good enough to play high school basketball, you're going to play another season right after that. Well, after that comes the spring and the summer where the real pressure is on, where you're playing against the best girls in the nation. Right. For Brooklyn. You know what I mean? So that was a that was a, a hard time not making basketball a job for her. And, and you know, we, we had good times and we had bad times. And I think all of them were necessary. Right. Tell me something recently that you've changed your mind about. Uh, what topic? What are we talking about? Anything? Just period. Tell uh, me something you've changed change, your mind about. That I've changed my mind about. Let's see. What's the first thing that comes to mind? Um, I would say not necessarily something that I changed my mind about, but something that I'm honing in on right now as a man in my life is uh is learning from people and not being the smartest person in the room ever mm. ever mm. I, I i don't i don't want to level off mm. if that makes sense yeah it does so that's one thing that i've not necessarily changed my mind about but i'm keying in on right now i've always known it but i haven't always pushed it right you know what i'm saying and, and we were talking along those lines before we came on and we were talking about me talking and interviewing different people. And, and hopefully every time I sit down with someone and talk to them, I'm learning something. Right. 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 You, you know what I mean? Absolutely. That, that's the, I, I want to hear your story, you know, to the point to, hey, you know, it motivates me to go do something. Right. You, you know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. So l let me ask you this. How important is family to you? Family is extremely important. That's your support system from early. You know what I'm saying? That's where you learn to be you. Right. That's that's who you are is your family. Uh, and for me, uh, starting with my grandmother, my mother, my great-grandmother, all the good women in my life, my aunties. My mom got uh, three sisters and one brother. So I've always been around good women. Right. So uh, to me, uh, that's the first thing that comes to mind are, are those women. Uh, and just that's where the my, my uh religious background comes from that's where my work ethic comes from that's where my mental stability comes from so family is is, is big as a whole right T tell me something that you love to do but you don't have time to do it work out lift weights <laughs> i love to do it but i just don't get the time all the time man i just don't it's a lot going on <laughs> it, it, it go it goes back to that um that structure though right that that we was talking about right. to where you know if, if you know you love to do it you're gonna find time to do it that's right right that's true that's true you know what i mean i, I find time just not enough time not enough time right. right 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 what tell me something you're curious about right now I'm curious how this election is going to go, man. Mm. I hate to make it political, man, mm. but uh, just on the top of my mind, I'm curious how everything's going to work out with this pandemic, mm. the COVID situation. Uh, I'm I'm just ready for it to be over in a sense, but uh, I'm just I'm curious to know what's what's next. It's a it's a funny time, man. It is a very funny time. Um, two part question right here. Go. Okay. What's your biggest failure? My biggest failure. Uh, 
I don't like to live in live in regret, man. I've learned from everything that I've done. You know what I'm saying? Like even when I failed, it was necessary for me to fail at the time. I needed it to change me. I don't know if I can give you an answer for my biggest failure. Well, and and, and when you when you take that into consideration, even though you learn from it, it it still was something that you fell short of. Okay. Me me myself, okay. I would say you know my, my biggest failure. To up to this point is that I haven't lived up to to who I should have been at this point. Okay, you understand what my yes. my lack yes. of growth. Yes, in regards to but what I learned from it is that I don't have to be who other people think I am. I can be myself right. and grow right. and learn and be a nerd if I want to be a nerd. <laughs> right, you, you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. That that's what I you know not so much pinpoint. Hey, what you did wrong or whatever right but you know how your concepts have evolved from things that didn't go right in the past right okay so uh i'm i would speak athletically um at the time when i had a real opportunity to become a pro for a substantial amount of time i didn't take my body serious i didn't take my family serious i didn't take the lord serious and i didn't take myself serious so that's what I would say. Right. Yeah. So what would you say to 18-year-old Gordon Miles right now? <laughs> Get in the weight room right now, <laughs> today, right now. Just shoot jumpers, uh, run routes, whatever it is that you want to do with your life, you have to be on it every day. It has to be your obsession. So what? what is, in closing, what would your message be? to these youth out here who are um, wanting this career or in sports and uh, don't really know how to go about it? The first thing you need to be is prepared. Um, that's physically, first off. Um, if you're only practicing two, three days a week, you work out every once in a while when it's convenient to you, get serious you know what i'm saying get serious uh if you take this serious get your grades together you know what i'm saying get your grades together uh that's that's number one if you if you don't if qualify for school then you can't play that's right so it doesn't matter you know what i mean um the next thing i would say is do research don't depend on your coach don't depend on your mom or dad uh, if you know, and, and it's easy to get now through social media, if you know that this is the camp where the top-ranked kids are going, go compete. If that's what you want, see where you stand, see where you fit. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, if you feel like that uh, you can play for a good program, uh, convince your mom or dad to spend the extra money or go cut some grass. Do whatever you got to do to get on that team if you think you can compete at that level. That's right. You know what I mean? So – um, the the last thing I would say is uh, be conscious of who you are and accept that. You that's know right. what I mean? If you can conquer yourself at a young age, then that's a huge goal that a lot of grown men haven't even conquered yet. Facts. If you can understand who you are in this world and, and your direction and where you fit, then you are ahead of the game. Facts. Yeah. And that's a good place to close. I would like to thank my guests, Mr. Gordon Miles, for sitting down for the conversation. For everyone listening, 
Thanks for tuning in. And don't forget, subscribe, review, and leave a comment. And remember, while no single conversation is guaranteed to change the direction of a career, a business, a relationship, or a life, any single conversation can.